1: Everybody, this is David Paul, the host of the Capital Stack Podcast, where we talk to founders, operators, and investors about all things value creation and startups. Um, we try to just get a little bit ahead. We try to get tips. We try to get, we try to get, tricks. We try to get tricks. We try to get cheat codes in order to um, create value and you know, do, do what we can to uh, try to have a, a, a decent time and not rip your hair out at the same time because entrepreneurship is hard, um, getting sales and marketing is hard, tying these things all together is hard, especially when you haven't done it before, especially in the B2B context, which is why today we are talking to Anthony Renrico, who is the CEO and founder of LeanScale. Um, Anthony is a go-to-market guy. He was previously the VP of Global RevOps over at Emailage, which is a Arizona darling company. Um, we've had Ray. A couple Follow on our podcast before, before. uh, as well Uh, as Boast AI, AI, um, which is kind of cool. Is democratizing R and D credits, which was probably pretty 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 interesting to
0: sell from an R and D perspective.
1: So, so without further ado, ado, I want to introduce introduce Anthony
0: to the Capital Stack. Anthony, how are you? Anthony, how are you? David, doing well. Happy to be here. Excited for the conversation.
1: Are you in Phoenix right now? Phoenix right now.
0: I am enjoying the beautiful weather Phoenix has to offer in July. So it's probably going to be about one eighteen later today. Uh, might bake some cookies in the car or something like that. So,
1: you have kids? You have kids?
0: <laughs> two kids, yeah, two daughters, three and a half and one and a half.
1: What do you do with, them, do with them? You
0: know, during, the, during summer?
1: the summer.
0: Uh we just lock down in the house mostly. <laughs> it's too hot yeah, to go outside and work. do it, much.
1: It, well, yeah, you can't <laughs> do anything, right? It's like it's not even it's safe like, to have kids same. in the car. <laughs> like it's really bad. <laughs> it's really bad.
0: It's a it's a weird place where it's too hot to go swimming. That's usually yeah. what mm-hmm. gives people perspective. But yeah, no, stay inside. Um, a big trip to the grandparents' house might be uh, the most you do uh, during the summer out here, or just leave. Uh, we spent some time in California for a while, so as much as you can get out War. of here, that helps.
1: We're about some Cali. we about some Cali.
0: Coronado. It was it was great. Okay. It was great. We stayed right at the Hotel Del, right on the water. Um, it was beautiful. So enjoyed it and then I'm, it was I'm, it was a little tough to come back home to the desert.
1: Yeah, I'm in Carlsbad. Yeah, you should have
0: looked bad. me up. You could have uh, you know, grab you know, coffee. Grab coffee. Nice. That's what we did last summer. Love it. Great town. Nice.
1: Uh, okay. So uh, okay, so you did things, you a, did little things a little bit backwards. backwards. A lot of so people lot who people are work, within some construct, some of, construct service of service agencies, agencies try to build products, to build products. and you and work for product, work companies, product companies. And now and you decided now you to, found to found, found service service a service or a tech-enabled, or a tech-enabled service, service company. company. So tell me a little bit about little yourself, about the thinking, thinking around thinking that, around and the the birth of Lean Scale.
0: Yeah, that's a that's a good question. Well, I didn't choose Lean Scale. Lean Scale. Chose me, and and that's that's how it got started. I didn't. It wasn't really a big aha moment or one big time where it's like I got to go bring this to the world. It really happened organically over time. So, you mentioned uh, some of the places I was working at um, before starting Lean Scale. So, Email Edge, and and then Email Edge got acquired by a company called LexisNexis. And during that time, I worked on a lot of rev ops initiatives, integrating the company, managing some RevOps teams at Lexus and then did another startup at Boast AI, which was really cool because they are really tapped into the startup ecosystem because they're looking for any early stage companies that qualify for R and D tax credits. Um, So I got even more exposure to tons of companies and seeing what they're building, what they're doing, how they're scaling, go to market as well as working within, within Boast. And during that time, You know, I learned a lot at Emailage, and after that acquisition, you had about 200 people land at hundreds of different startups. And I kept getting a lot of calls saying, hey, we need a set of RevOps here. We're going to get Salesforce. You know, what tools do you recommend? We have our first board meeting. Can you remind me what type of reporting you put together for us at emailage? And I also had a lot of calls to say, hey, can you come here and do RevOps for us? And myself and my partner, his name is Enrique Sakai. He's based, based in Brazil. We were like, why don't we just start taking a few of these on the side as consulting engagements and, and see how it goes, help some friends out. And then in a real short time, it ended up being a, a pretty big thing. We had people reaching out, hey, can we come work with you on it? Um, and we realized it was, it was a Interesting problem to solve because all of these early stage companies really need RevOps. And as they grow, they they need RevOps even more. But it's very expensive to bring in-house teams to do it. So we combine technical expertise with the consulting expertise to provide a full RevOps service for our customers. And it's been scaling pretty well since we started it.
1: And so and I'm so going to try, try to do my best to, my describe, best to describe what RevOps what is, DevOps and I want is. you to, of course, correct me, but essentially it's essentially taking it's data, taking from, data sales from, from sales, sales activities, and activities and marketing activities, managing the different, managing the different pieces, pieces of the technology, of the technology, stack, technology stack, and synthesizing, and synthesizing that synthesizing information to give actionable insights, actionable insights to management and or the board and that I more or less get that.
0: That's pretty spot on. The only thing I would add is at the very beginning of that, designing the go-to-market operation so what do the processes and procedures look like for the teams then setting up the tools to enable them to be effective and efficient also capture the data and then taking that data for insights one to do things today and adjust any bottlenecks in the system and two make sure you have the data for your planning practices as well so when you're setting ambitious goals for the future make sure you have data to back into an operating plan
1: and so, and so, setting operating setting plans. Operating this plans, is, really this is really interesting um, um, because I feel because like on, the, feel early like on stage, the early stage, you kind of hit this, gray, of hit this area gray area between, between you know this you know, spectrum this of, spectrum product, of product market, market fit, fit and, and go to market go to fit, and, market and what fit kind, and of works. kind of works. So how do you think so about you when think about the opportune when, you know, time, is time is to, I mean, I guess to, I mean, the, the I guess time is always is to start tracking data, 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 but to get, really to get really formal with that, because, because sometimes, sometimes knowing what the what, what is, what is, the offer is, what, what is, the, the, you know, what, what the, the what is, is, what you know, price point is, you know, how you bundle this package together is, how do you think about implementing RevOps ops when that necessarily hasn't really been flushed out?
0: Yeah. I, to use a analogy, um, when you start a company, and we did this when we, when we started LeanScale, and I'm happy we did, uh, you likely want to get your accounting processes in order. Uh, so it, you can wait if you want, but it's going to get a little bit more difficult to do later on. Um, but you want to at least make sure you have the foundation for your accounting and finance function of the business, even before you make your first sale. You know, are you, are you using a financial system? Um, are you cognizant of how you're going to recognize revenue? Those type of things. I would say the same for RevOps. It doesn't have to be super sophisticated. Um, It could start in a spreadsheet, but track the first time you interacted with somebody. Track where you got introduced to them. Was it through your network? Did you go to an event? Start tracking how long it took to close that deal from when you got introduced to when it closed. And just start taking some data so at least you have a baseline when you move into something like a HubSpot or a Salesforce. You have some foundation of data and you're at least starting to use the muscle. Mm-hmm.
1: And so when does something, so when something, for, you something for you turn from turn being from anecdata, which is, you know, anecdotal, anecdotal plus, you know, plus little, light forms, you know, little light forms of data and actual data and real data? Actual, real data. Like, what's the sample, size, sample need look size need to look like? To look like?
0: Well, it, it depends on what you're looking at. I would say the second you have more than one person doing sales, that's a good time to start standardizing your process. And to start communicating okay. at least with each other. So I, I don't think, um, you know, most, most companies and lean scale started the same way. It's founder-led sales. Uh, you have everything in your head. You have an idea of what, what things look like. But the second you start delegating some of that responsibility to somebody else, you're going to need to be able to communicate that with each other. And I think that's, I wouldn't call it anecdata at that point. I would say you're starting mm-hmm. to build at least directional data. Mm-hmm.
1: And where do, you where, and do, you, where do you, feel, you where do you feel um um it, it, what's the it, friction, friction point and what's, point, and what's the. What's the... Um, because there's kind of like uh, a, a there's like a usually a round of financing that financing happens, happens an event of going from uh, founder-led founders, sales, which is kind of what we're talking about, into a sales, the, system, to a sales and system and setting these and things, setting things these up, up and getting everybody used to used a process to that process previously, that hadn't, previously existed hadn't existed before because, before, before because the founder, who, founder, who founder, normally are founder, I generally see the founders are less of operators and more visionary, especially on the early stage. They just don't, that DNA isn't as developed at this stage in their career. Career. so, what, what, so are what are the what are the cheat, cheat codes and understanding, understanding um, how um, this person how is going to develop into being into more of a sales manager, sales and, manager. and you know not, you know, just, not being, just being being you, know, you know from the seat, from their their seat of their pants because, because, because you could have the toolkit and you want there's, a, you want. Lot there's a, lot change, a lot of behavior change I would assume as well that needs to go into doing this doing this
0: you're absolutely right and founders are not operator minded usually because there's typically an immense amount of risk involved with going off and starting something new. And so if you're very Mm -hmm. operations focused, you're going to say, Hey, well, we don't have all these things figured out. So why, why are we going to go start something? So you need somebody who's willing to fly by the seat of their pants for a little bit and take on that type of risk. And and that's how these things get started. Um, I I would say I, I can speak to a personal experience. And I may be a different, I may be a different persona of founders too, because I did live in operating roles. Um, but I would say the second I started delegating things to other people, it wasn't just me uh, managing the service we deliver to clients. It wasn't me managing uh, sales that we're bringing into the company. That was when I all of a sudden wanted access to the data. Well, how much pipeline are we building? How many meetings did we have? Well, how long are these deals taking? Because when I was doing it, it took, you know, a month mm-hmm. to close something. How come we haven't closed anything in a month? And mm-hmm. I, I found myself being like the board member. Maybe I always didn't like presenting to, because I wanted to know everything that was going on. And I can't know that unless it's in a system. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. And was that the right the approach? The the like, I'm just thinking from a, um, a, um I guess from a, um, a, uh, leadership perspective leadership because, perspective, because you, know, you know there's a learning curve learning there's a ramp, curve, time, ramp time right and right, but like and I understand and you, anything, you finally finally I have people that have you're people paying that real base pay salaries, salaries to right <laughs> and you want results yep. right so, so what is the right way to think, right about, to think about um expectations, expectations and you know and uh transmitting, transmitting what's in your head, in into, your a head into a process process
0: well I I would I would highlight most People, when they're coming into a new role, appreciate it. So they appreciate that there is a process. They appreciate that you have clear expectations of the information you're looking for and exactly how you want to receive that information. Just like you and I, if we're putting data together for a board deck, I would like, to, I would like the board to tell me, what, what metrics are you interested in? I'll give you the things that I think are important, but are there certain things you want to make sure we're reporting on? Um, and the clarity and expectation is helpful for me to be successful in my role. I found at least people at lean scale, they appreciate the level of process and it's not designed to, it's not designed to go on witch hunts for people who aren't doing things or, you know, to give me an excuse to, uh, berate somebody it's designed to have clear communication amongst the teams and then have clear expectations. Gotcha. Gotcha.
1: So um so um, super interesting super interesting you've, you've, has has, has RevOps rev generally ops, what a, what's a revOps what person rev cost rev now like 150
0: thousand bucks thousand bucks uh, well it depends on the stage and depends on what level if you're bringing in a VP of RevOps, it could be upwards of 200 uh, OTE wow. and then if you're bringing on systems experts that are good at what they do uh, around the 150 mark. Mm-hmm.
1: And so mm-hmm. what what, and so stage what stage does somebody, somebody bring somebody in full time? Full time I'm sure there's a, a period where, you know, where, you it know, makes more it sense makes to have sense more people, to have internally people internally with as with, opposed to, you know, hiring, you know, an, hiring an, agency an agency or an implementer. Or an implementer. Like what, what is what, that, that what breakpoint? Break
0: Usually the first hire you're gonna be looking for, just because it's gonna be an absolute need, is gonna be that systems person. Um, so you'll be growing your team you have a few reps you're starting to invest more um, you know programmatically in your in your marketing efforts and at that time your systems are going to get complex enough to where somebody needs to focus on it or things start to break or your, the reports you're pulling aren't making sense. So usually the first hire people make is on the system side say hey I need these things to work and I know what needs to be fixed. Then you keep going along, you keep scaling, and eventually you get to this point where you have this systems person who's amazing with the tools, can make anything you tell them happen, but they may not be a strategic uh, mindset person and somebody who can design what it needs to be for the goals that you have as a business. And then so they're order-taking different requirements and you end up building a Frankenstein of systems. And then you have to bring somebody in who would say, "Hey, let's pause. Let's redesign this in a meaningful way to get the data that we need." And I think most companies—I mean, if you're at seed, Series A, you're usually getting away with a systems person. That, that's that's enough, and the volume of activity and data is not so high to where that will work. Once you're more of a, either a big Series A or you get to the Series B. Uh, stage in your growth, that's when there's expectations for you to really know where to allocate that investment and do it in an efficient manner, especially now. I mean, maybe you could get away with some of the stuff a couple of years ago, but now I think efficiency is expected. And that's when you need to be able to pull the right data and then build the right plan. And that's when you want somebody more strategic. So you'd be bowling in that Mm -hmm. VP level, that type of persona to come and lead the RevOps org.
1: So, so where do you, where do you feel, feel, if I was to give you opportunities, to, give you opportunities to, just put, to just put, you know, one know, thing one on a billboard or a board, saying or a sentence, sentence to shout from shout the group tops group at, founders at founders and, and you know, and who have, have yet, not yet, you know, yet adopted like RevOps rev rev as, rev as, as a discipline? Like, what's this recurring what's this thing, thing, that, you thing that you see happen that, you know, you just want to kibosh and, you know, and that, you know, just seems so simple, but, you know, is constantly a recurring theme for you?
0: Mind if I give two?
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> give. give two.
0: <laughs> one, one is start early. So I'll, I'll use the, the metaphor of your accounting and finance again. Like you want to start this as early as possible. It doesn't have to be super sophisticated. You can start RevOps and Google Sheets if you want to. But start. Start tracking data. Start keeping, um, keeping a log of what your process is and, and getting an idea and a sense of what's working, what's not working. Um, the second, it's never done. It's never mm-hmm. done. It's always evolving. Your whole entire RevOps needs will continue to evolve as you grow, as you add new products, you add more reps, you add more regions. Everything is going to continue to change as, as external market conditions change. Things internally are going to change for you too. Bring on new partners. Y- you name it. Every single month, there's going to be something new that... You're going to need to measure or integrate or make sure it's operating well, and it just never ends. So same with, you wouldn't say, hey, I spun up QuickBooks, so now my finance and accounting needs are over forever. Uh, Mm -hmm. It's the same thing. RevOps is continually evolving with your company. Got it.
1: And so... so. Knowing that the Knowing marketing of tech, tech space is, is pretty, pretty mature, mature, right, or saturated, right, or there's saturated. Tons, of there are tons of solutions out there. Out there. Um, I guess part of the value proposition is, is is that you integrate, that you integrate that you all integrate of these all things, things. All and so integrations things. are okay it's okay They're to okay. have, okay best, to best, have in class, best in class you know solutions, you know, or, solutions capabilities or capabilities and platforms, platforms are not, are not as, necessary, as necessary right at least, right. Traditionally, or at least right. traditionally or at least that's been the pattern over the, the pattern last pattern five to seven years people have been buying best in class tools and relying on integrations do you feel like that that's going to change as you know if a market kind of constricts like is there going to be like a uh, a pendulum swing, uh, a pendulum more, swing towards, more towards um, just, um, just platforms that, platforms you know, might have all the things, all but they're, things they're only 20 as good, as, 20 good as the best as in class, best in class, but, they're class but, they're cheaper. but they're
0: cheaper. I'm seeing it swing that way right now. And if mm. you look at a lot of the, even a lot of the point solutions that said, Hey, you have Salesforce, but Salesforce can't do anything like this. So we're going to start doing this point solution feature. Over the past few years, they've been continuing to add more and more features and becoming more of a platform. And, you know, something I feel like the best example of this is on the sales engagement tool side. So, your outreach, sales loft, groove. um, I'm going to throw gong in this category because there's a lot of overlap now. So, now all of Mm -hmm. them have conversational intelligence, all of them have cadences and sequencing. All of them have some content solution. All of them have some forecasting solution built in. So they're no longer these email engagement automation systems. They're all competing against each other across a whole suite of features. Um, And I think think that's going to continue to happen, except in the AI category, I'm assuming we're going to have a few years of some really good solid point solutions revolved around AI. I think all of these companies are going to copy a few simple things like, Hey, we'll you know write some emails for you or things like that. But I think there's going to be some real big contenders in the AI space that will go off and do their own thing. And I, on that front, that's where I think best in class um, will be more of the ethos for when you're investing in your marketing and sales tech stack.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And what about just, what about, you know, just intentionality behind marketing? Because, you know, I feel like everything needs to have a scale component component because it's fast and everyone's everyone's got this this. Um, ethos of speed. speed. When does the the, inundation of emails and LinkedIn messages, messages, when does that go away and and stop working? working? You know, has it stopped working? working? Um, Um, You know, when when does more intentionally intentionally based, based, more targeted marketing kind of come in in 2023?
0: I, I think it's been trending this way for a while, but, and, and I think this is what we're doing right now as a testament to this is a bigger investment in, in content. So bringing Mm -hmm. valuable content to an audience and community. So, you know, at LeanScale, we're focused on RevOps professionals and people who work in B2B tech on the go-to-market side of the business. That's our audience. We cater to them and we provide a lot of content and materials and things for that audience and that community. I think companies that, and it's harder, right? Because you put money behind an ad, you're going to know what your ROI is pretty quickly. You'll start to see like what's the click-through rate and, and, and all of that. You'll see response rates on email campaigns. Um, it's a little bit harder to have really solid concrete data on the organic side of the house. But I think that's the only thing that's going to work. I mean, how many cold emails do you respond to? Or how many cold LinkedIn outreaches do you respond to?
1: Hardly any. Hardly any.
0: Hardly any. And I think most people will get to that point if they're not there already. So it's, Hey, give me something real that actually adds value to me and something I can use and build that type of trust and introduce me to another community of people that are, are, going towards the same goals I'm going towards.
1: So how do, so you, like how do you like going from, from being an operator, an to, operator being a to being a founder?
0: I've been enjoying it. I know there's probably a lot of like war stories and horror stories um, for this particular path. I, I wish I had some like, I walked 20 miles uphill both ways stories, but it was actually... Um, Just really enjoyable to create. And I don't know if people look at uh, business this way as much, but it really is a creative outlet. You get to design and and bring something to life. Um, And it's just, it's a really enjoyable process. And you get to surround yourself with the type of people you want to be working with. Um, You get to work with the clients that you want to work with. And then you get to fine tune your craft every single day. And it feels like every day you have an impact um, and you really, you own the direction. So if anything's not going well, you can really only look in a mirror, but I've enjoyed it. It's been, I would say some of the most surprising things for me is it wasn't as scary as I thought it would be. It wasn't as hard as I thought it would be. And it was more fun than I thought it would be. And you also, there's still only 24 hours in the day. So I still work just as hard as I worked before. Now it's just building something that I want to build.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, so and so as, as the, the work, work, I mean, you're, you're working the same amount, same amount. is the emotional, is the emotional um, tie, tie um, harder, harder being a founder, being that it's, harder, being founder, being that it's, it's all on it's you? All on like, how do you reconcile you. that? I mean, you have young kids, beyond I mean, kids. I mean, your wife and notice and that it's a little different, different, different right? right? You know, you don't have a paycheck that's necessarily right going to come in every single month.
0: How do you think about, I that? Think about that? Well, I, you know, full candor, we didn't really start it until when we were doing everything on the side and working full time. Um, we were stowing away those acorns for another winter. So because All I right. have two kids and because I, I wasn't, you know, ready to just jump into something and not get a paycheck, I waited until it was profitable and we were at my co-founder and I were at a place where we felt comfortable moving into it full time. Um, so we started slow, uh, we didn't raise any money. We didn't, we didn't do any fundraising or anything like that. So we just built it to be profitable, started slow and then, and then moved into it. Um, but to the other part of your question, so that, that'll leave a little bit of that anxiety of, okay, let's do this when we know it's got some legs and it's, and it's running. Um, but to the other part of your question, yes, the emotional tie is, much more strong, uh, and I think you'd be surprised. Any positive or negative feedback about your company and with the service or the product, I mean that is amplified a hundredfold, uh, mm-hmm. and it's really tough to avoid it. You know, I, I I like to think of myself as a little bit stoic, but it's hard. It's hard when when you hear sure. something. <laughs> when you hear negative feedback about something, it's because you know, hey, it's a direct reflection on me. I didn't mm-hmm. do something and I didn't make this cool enough or I didn't make this yeah. valuable enough. So It's personal. Yeah, it's hard <laughs> to wrestle with. It's personal, yeah. They're not saying I don't like lean scale. It feels like I don't like Anthony and Enrico. Um, mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, man, we better fix it. So there is a bigger, you know, when we get, I'll call it constructive feedback, um, I mean, we're all over it. It's like, we, we better go fix this and make it right. How
1: do you stay sharp you stay and sharp up, to up to date on marketing on tips, tricks, tips, best, tricks, best, practices, best practices, because practices, because it evolves, evolves so, quickly. so
0: quickly. It really does. And I would say i learned more about RevOps in lean scale than I ever knew You know, before we have the benefit of having really, really good customers. Um, they partner with us on initiatives. We, we do innovative projects with them. They push us by asking for what they want to see. Um, and that gives us a lot of different perspectives and data points to see what's working and what's not working. Um, so I'd say the first source of data we get is from our customer base and just the work we do every day. We learn quite a bit there. Um, Outside of that, we have a lot of really good VCE PE partners who let us know what's going on in their portfolios. Uh, We partner really strong with technology companies. So all of the new startups we were talking about in the space, uh, we partner with them, learn what they're doing, uh, become experts on their solution, and then bring that to our customer base as well. And then just some industry events and listening to content from people who are doing this work in the field.
1: Who like what's the like what's the single um, source of truth in RevOps? Is it what are they called? CVPs client, whatever, customer data platforms.
0: For most, it's in the CRM. CRM. Um, so if you're yawn, usually it's Salesforce or HubSpot. That's that's going to be the single source of truth, and there's a huge push to get as much data there as possible. So we're seeing a lot of customers putting revenue data in their CRM. Putting product data mm-hmm. in their CRM um, and making okay. that the source of truth for everything. Got it. Okay. okay.
1: Cool. Cool. Um, um, what are you reading right now? Reading right now.
0: That is a good question. Couple things. One, I'm doing this for uh, an offsite that we have with our team, so we're we're big fans of the book Good to Great. Um, mm-hmm. So we're doing a, a little exercise on turning the flywheel. Um, I really like it because I'm a big believer in, hey, do things really well, do them again, do them even better and keep doing them. Um, And then you just get better and better and better. So turning flywheels, what I'm reading right now, I have been, um, I'm almost through a book called Thinking and Bets, which I've been really enjoying. Um, Somebody who went from investment banking to be a professional uh, poker player. And now hmm. just gives you a framework for how to think and bet, Um, which is really relevant to RevOps. So I'm enjoying that one. Nice.
1: All right. All right. Well, Anthony, wow. it was great Anthony, talking to you, man. I really appreciate, I really it. And how appreciate it. How can people get in touch with you, learn, learn more about Lean Scale, learn lean about, scale, you know, about, increasing, you know their increasing their visibility, visibility to their sales marketing efforts. marketing
0: efforts? Yeah, feel free to reach out to me on LinkedIn. Happy to connect. Um, also you can go to leanscale.team. That's where you can find out more about what we do. And if you want to connect with an expert, we'd be happy to talk to you. Awesome.
1: Thank you, everybody, for tuning tuning in to the Capital Stack. Stack. We drop an episode every Tuesday. 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 So if you like it, please subscribe, tell a friend, really helps us out. And we will see you next week. Thank Thank you. you. Bye-bye.
0: Thank you for tuning in to the Capital Stack Podcast. Make sure to share this with someone you know that can benefit from this content. Remember to support this show by rating, reviewing, and subscribing. David Paul is the founder and general partner at DWP Capital. All opinions expressed by David and podcast guests are solely their own opinions and do not reflect the opinion of DWP Capital. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon for decisions. David and guests may maintain positions in the securities discussed on this podcast.